So we're in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, please, and we are going to verse 21. Uh, we started here last week. We'll do a little bit of review and launch from that point. And so in verse 21, it says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He being God. He, God, hath made him, Jesus, to be sin for us. Or the scripture says, God laid on him the iniquity of us all. Well, where did God get the sin? The for us gives you the indication or clear directive. It says, he... God made Jesus to be sin for us. For us, the phrase for us in the New Testament language is substitutionary, meaning that Jesus did this for us, meaning that God did this for us. So God laid on him the iniquity of us all, or God made Jesus to be sin for us all. For us all. No one was left out of redemption. Not one human being that has ever lived or ever will live was left out of redemption. Redemption was a once and for all occurrence. So Jesus Christ was made to be where? On the cross, our sin. God laid on him, Jesus, our sin, including your sin, my sin, the whole world's sin. The scripture says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The gospel is the most amazing story of the love of God. The love of God that he had toward humanity. God laid. God loved. So God laid on him. You know he loved his son. But he loved us enough to lay on his son our sin. So God made him to be our sin. Now another translation uh, says it like this. That God made him to share our sin. So that in union with him we might share God's righteousness. In union with is just another term. Another way of saying in him. So when we get in him, or when we become in union with him, or 1 Corinthians 6 and 17 says, he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit, meaning that your spirit is joined to Christ. At that moment that you are born again, or that you receive eternal life, or that you are saved, which are all synonymous at the moment you receive eternal life, at the moment you're saved, at the moment uh, you're born again, and by the way, Jesus said, you must be born again. 
So then, it is a must. It is an absolute necessity that a person be born again or be saved or be uh, uh, given eternal life. At that moment, you and I are made the righteousness of God. The very moment you call on Jesus, what does it say in Romans 10? uh, It says in verse 13, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What does the book of Acts tell us? There is no other name under heaven whereby men must be saved. The name of Jesus. When someone calls on the name of Jesus Christ and they call on him in faith, they are actually saved. They are born again. They receive eternal life. But at the same time, they become the righteousness of God. In union with Christ, they share the same righteousness. Now, when we say they share the same righteousness, we, we, mean, we mean by that they share the same righteousness. There's no shifty stuff going on here. If God said, it is the righteousness of God that you become, then it, it, is, it is the righteousness of God that you become. Righteousness in its simplest form defined is a right relationship with God. Bullinger said it this way. It's commentary. Bullinger's commentary said, It is a right state of which God is the standard. In other words, God is the standard of this righteousness. God himself, his person. This is who he is. God is righteous. It's one of the the descriptions you find in the scripture about God and his character and his nature and who he is. He is righteous. God is a rock and his work is perfect. All his ways are right. So God is righteous to the core. And there is no, no unrighteousness in him. But now he is telling us that when you get in him, you get in Christ. When you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you become the righteousness of God. You become one who has received this righteous nature of God. Way's translation said, you might become by our union with him the very righteousness of God. Blackwelder says, by trusting him, we might become recipients of God's kind of righteousness. I know I'm reviewing, but it is a worthy review. So here we are as Christians, as believers, as ones who are recipients, or we have received. This righteousness of God. When you receive a check in the mail and it has your name on it, you can take it to the bank. Right? Now, if it has somebody else's name and somebody else's address, I wouldn't take it to the bank if I were you. 
But when it has your name and this righteousness, when you call on Jesus, your name, hallelujah, is on it. His name's been on it. From the resurrection of Jesus, Jesus was made sin on the cross. He suffered the penalty for that sin. And that penalty was death. He tasted death for every man. When he tasted death for every man and suffered in our place, God at a certain point cried, Justified. It says in 1 Timothy 3 and verse 16 that Jesus was justified in spirit. In other words, he was justified. Well, it wasn't him that needed to be justified. It was us. But he, he literally became our sin, so therefore justification had to be effected in him in order to be affected in us. So God did it all at one time in history. God justified the human race in the person of his son Jesus. So that anyone can come to God and be saved. Or anyone can come. Whosoever will, let him come and take of the waters of life freely. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Anybody can, everybody won't, but somebody will. And I trust you are one of those that did. And anybody that you meet on the street or any place you are able to converse or communicate with uh, at, at any place at any time can be saved. Why? Because at one time in human history, salvation was affected by Jesus Christ. He made it happen. God made it happen in the person of Christ. This is, this is irreversible, irrevocable, unchangeable, redemptive reality. This is real. This is solid ground you can put your feet down. This is bedrock. This is Christ, the living stone, the living headstone, the chief cornerstone. This is Jesus Christ and him crucified. Paul said, I, I, I know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Didn't mean he didn't, he didn't know that they had some problems. But he was going beyond all their problems to give them the solution. He said, I know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. So when you go to redemption, you're going right to the center of the answer to every human ill. Every human, every human ill, every human problem, you're going right to the center of the answer. Jesus is the center and the circumference. He's the all in all. It all centers in him. 
So when you find yourself in him, you will find yourself the righteousness of God in him. If you're finding yourself unrighteous, you're looking the wrong place. You're looking at your flesh. You're looking at your natural reasoning. You're looking at what your mama said about you. You're looking at what your neighbor said about you, what your husband said about you, what your daughter said about you, what somebody around you said about you that stuck in your mind, what the devil said about you. But when you start looking to the center of Jesus, you will find yourself righteous in Christ, not self-righteous in the sense that you made yourself righteous. No, your new self, that new man, that inner man, that person on the inside, that person that was born again, that spirit that was reborn from God, reborn from heaven, that spirit that was born of God himself, given God's life, God's very own nature, that spirit that was given salvation, that spirit that was delivered from darkness and brought into the kingdom of God's dear son, that spirit that was delivered from the clutches of the devil and translated into the kingdom of God's dear Son in whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. God took you out of Satan's kingdom and placed you right into the kingdom of His dear Son. God has planted you, rooted you, and grounded you in Christ Jesus. Your roots go into God, into the soil of heaven. I'm telling you, the seed of God has come to your spirit and you've been born of an incorruptible seed and when you're born of this incorruptible seed your nature is changed you become a partaker of the divine nature God's very own nature is planted in your spirit and you are actually literally born again other translations say you are born or reborn from above you are reborn from heaven. Hallelujah. You're born of love. You're born of God. And God's seed is in you. Hallelujah. God's life is in you. So that tells me God's righteousness is in you. Put on the new man which after God is created in what? Righteousness and in true holiness. True holiness comes from the inside. Righteousness comes from the inside. I know it can affect your soul. It can affect your mind. It can affect your body. It can affect your behavior. It's called fruit of righteousness. But if you don't have the foundation and the fundamental understanding of the reality that you are righteous, you will trip time and time again. The devil likes to trip people. He likes to trip them up. He likes to ensnare their soul. He likes to tell them they're not what God says they are. He likes to tell you lies again and again and rehearse in your mind who you are not and what you did and what you should have done and what you shouldn't have done. And if, if you hadn't have done that, then you'd be okay. But since you did that, you're not okay. Oh, I want to tell you today, you're just as righteous today as you were the day you got saved. 
The day you were born again, you're just as righteous in Christ Jesus. This is your relationship with God, and your relationship doesn't go haywire every day just because you messed up in your flesh. No, that's your fellowship. But your relationship with God, it means that you are tied to God. It means that you have an umbilical cord that goes right into God. It means He's the vine and you're the branch. It means God lives inside of you. It means that God has come and Jesus has come to make their abode with you. It means God said, we're moving in. And we, while we're moving in, we're moving some stuff out. He said, we're moving in and all things have become new and old things are passed away. They're gone today. Hallelujah. The day you were born again, your spirit became a brand new man, a new species of being, a new man in Christ Jesus. And when you became new in Christ Jesus, that is not something that changes with the weather. Hallelujah. That is not something that changes with a little problem here and a bump in the road there and a wall that you hit. No. God is going to call you to jump or leap over the wall. He's going to light your spirit up and cause you to leap over a wall and run right through the truth. Praise God. The devil meant to stop you back there, but he didn't. He didn't. Riddick went on, went on to heaven, but you keep on trucking. You keep on running your race. You keep on doing the will of God. Do it with fervor just like you did it before and amp it up some more. Hallelujah. The Spirit of God is on you. And this is a day of dreams and a day of visions and a day where you can fulfill the will of God and give your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength to it. Hallelujah to Jesus. Listen, you are as righteous today as you were the day you were born again. Hallelujah. You are 100% righteous. You're not 75% righteous. You're not 25% righteous. You're 100% righteous. Listen, the book of James says this, if you miss it in one point, talking about the law, you're guilty of the whole thing. So you might as well give up on that program. Come on. You might as well give up on that legal program where, yeah, I messed up. I'm going to hell. No, you're not going to hell. You're going to heaven. The devil is a liar. He's a thief. He comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. You're going to heaven, and you're going to do what God called you to do right here in this earth, and you're going to finish your race, and I am too. Hallelujah. God and you, me, us, we are going to do the will of God. And we're going to fulfill the plan that God has for our lives. And God is going to be glorified. Hallelujah. Because that's what it's all about, to glorify Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. It's a new day at Word of Life. Hallelujah. It's a new day. It's a new day in your life. It's a new day. We're not looking back. We're looking forward. Hallelujah. I said we're not looking back. We're looking forward. 
We're not looking back. We're looking forward, forgetting those things which are behind. Press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus. His call is too big for these little things to stop us. His destiny for your life is too big for you to let some little thing stop you from fulfilling the will of God. Hallelujah. Riddick's okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. He's not riding on a scooter up there. Hallelujah. He's as fine as can be. No pain. Hallelujah. He is enjoying life. Hallelujah. He's singing like he always wanted to. Because in heaven you get to do things that you couldn't do. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah to Jesus. So much creativity in heaven. It's endless. Somebody say, I'm righteous. You need to say that till you get comfortable with it. Say it again. I am righteous. It's not your righteousness. The whole key to the message here is, is not what you did. It's what he did. True humility is when you totally and completely acknowledge it is not anything that you did that made you righteous. But it's everything that he did. It's everything that he did that makes you the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. W. Vine says, the man who trusts in Christ becomes the righteousness of God in him. He becomes in Christ all that God requires a man to be and all that he can never be in himself. He becomes when? When he's born again. Touch your neighbor and say, born again. <laughs> say, say something. Say something. Say, girl, you're righteous. Man, you're righteous. <laughs> this is real. This is unfiltered. This is demasked. This is the real deal. This really did happen. You became the righteousness of God in Christ. You got his kind of righteousness on the inside. When a man gets in Christ, he becomes the righteousness of God in him or in union with him. He becomes in Christ all that God requires a man to be. Oh, he what? Requires. So God does have a standard. He requires a man to be in everything he could never be in himself. So self-effort is never going to cut it. It's faith in the blood of Jesus alone. Faith in the blood of Jesus alone. Faith in the blood of Jesus alone. Hallelujah. Listen, you got to go back to the blood. No matter what happened, no matter what you did, we took communion today. I'm, I, I'm sure you took care of some stuff if you needed to. Right? 
That's why we take communion. One of the reasons. Just want to keep things clean, keep the house clean. Say, is somebody coming over? Jesus is already there. Romans 10. Romans 10, verse 6. But the righteousness which is of faith speaks on this wise or in this way. Say not in thine heart who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring up Christ again from the dead. So the righteousness of God is don't say who's going to go get Jesus, bring him down, who's going to bring him up from the dead, from the deep. Who's going to do? Don't say that. Why? It's already done. So many times in Christianity, we're trying to do what Jesus has already done. Or we're trying to get Jesus to do what he's already done. We're trying to get God to do what he's already done. And it's futile. It's futile. So what we need to do is see what he's done. And then say, I believe what he's done. And then act like he did do what he's done. And if he did it in you, believe that he did it in you and that it's done in you. He was made sin that you might be made righteous. So we just believe. We just believe. We don't have to do what Jesus did. Verse 8, but what saith it? The word is nigh thee, near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. What is it that we believe? What is it that we confess? We believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, and he says we're saved. We confess with our mouth. We confess what? Jesus is Lord. What a powerful. This is like the great confession here. Jesus is Lord. There was an elderly gentleman in the first service today. He has been coming to church for maybe a year during COVID. He's been coming to church. But when I gave the altar call, he came up. For salvation. Well, I'm assuming he's saved. But we don't want to assume. Presume. But I said, do you know that you're saved? Do you know? He could not say yes. So, I just preached on this. Perfect setup. So, this is what the Bible says. This is what you do. This is what God did. This is what you do. And God says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, 
and you confess Jesus Christ as Lord with your mouth, that you'd be saved? Do you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead? Yes. Can you confess Jesus as Lord with your mouth? He was a little hesitant. But we talked to him. And he did it. I said, now, are you saved? Yes. See, faith in God is not based on reason. Faith in God is not based on feeling. And I know we go there. We all do. We all do. Right? But when it comes right down to it, you're going to have to go right back to the Word and say, what does the Bible say? And I, my reasoning might be as squirrely as can be right now. But right now, I'm going to say, this is what the Bible said. This is what Jesus did. And this is what I believe. And this is what I have received. And I'm going to say about myself what God said about me. Hallelujah. And that's how you get established in the Word of God in your life. Now, you confess Jesus as Lord with your mouth. Praise God. We got plenty of scriptures. Believe me, I got, I got a lineup. But review sometimes is good. And all of this hadn't been reviewed for sure. But listen. In verse 9, that if thou shalt confess that with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. If you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, the uh, implication is he died. Yes. And you believe he died. Yes. Well, if you believe he died, then you believe he died for a reason. Yes. And he did. He died for you. Verse 10, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth Confession is made unto salvation. With the heart, man believes unto righteousness. Raise your hand if you rode in a car today to church. Raise your hand. Rode in a car. Most people, maybe somebody rode the bus or maybe somebody walked, but most people, a truck. Okay. I'm with you. You rode in a car, truck, you got here. That was your vehicle. That was your transportation. That was the way you got here. According to this verse, for with the heart, everybody say with the heart, because reasoning, they'll talk you out of faith all the time. But come on, with the heart, faith is of the heart. We know that from Mark 11, 23, 24. Right? Faith is of the heart. So, for with the heart man believeth, 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 believeth. The pastor's not going to fall off the platform. Believeth, believeth. In other words, I'm moving because believeth unto 
righteousness. The way you arrived at righteousness, is it was by believing. Believing didn't take 10 years. For some people, it may have took 10 years. But it takes a split second. If you choose to believe in a moment, you're born again. Believing in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved. In a moment, you are made the righteousness of God. You become righteous. And that is not shaken every day. By your rocky road or your windy situation, things that are coming against you, things that are happening in your life, dilemmas. Listen, your righteousness does not change with all of that. Now, the devil likes to tell you it did or try to get you to believe. Well, you're not this. You're not. You're not. You're not. You're not. You're not. You're not. If you tell the devil who he is, you're a liar. You're a thief. Right? You're a destroyer. I got your number. And you start describing who he is and that you know who he is. And you know that what he's trying to tell you right now is a lie. What he's trying to do in your life is to, to destroy. And what he's trying to do in your life. See, the devil is such a liar that he wants to, he wants to get you to believe his lies and deceive you into believing his lies. But you got to go right back to the Bible. Listen, if Jesus had to go back to the Bible, so do you. If Jesus is in a fight with the devil, and he did get in a fight with the devil in the, in the Garden of Eden. No, I'm just kidding. In the Garden. <laughs> you didn't even catch that, did you? <laughs> oh, boy. Somebody just made a mistake recently. I'm just, just kidding. I'm not even going to tell you the story. When Jesus was in the wilderness... There was a fight going on. And, and there was a war of words going on. If you're wondering what time I'm going to quit, I got to 6.30 tonight. But I'm smarter than that, so I won't do that. So. so, he had a war with the devil. The devil used the scripture. Imagine that. The nerve of the jerk. The nerve of the devil. Don't, don't think that he won't use the Bible. No, he will use the Bible. But he will use the Bible against you. Anytime you feel this thing going on where 
the Bible is accusing you? The devil is the accuser of the brethren. When, you've, when, when the Bible is accusing you, we might need to rethink that thing again. Just back that truck up. So wait a minute, wait a minute. No, 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 no. Let's go a little bit further. I am. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, whoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. Whoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. So if the scripture is in this uh, mode of shaming you and blaming you and If this voice is in your head, listen, I know we all have a conscience, and you need to listen to your conscience. And the blood of Jesus will purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. But when it's this this swirling in your head, condemnation, guilt, and inferiority, that is not Holy Spirit. Man. That is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in here. It's a little lower vicinity. And you got to discern the difference between your head and your heart. And the devil can work on your head and he can put thoughts in your mind. And he can try to tell you what you're not. And you didn't do this. And you should have done that. And if you had done that, you'd be okay. But since you didn't do that, you are not okay. You are a mess. Listen, we're here to help you. No matter where you're at in life right now, the Holy Spirit can help you get out of the ditch. The Holy Spirit can help you get out of the hole that you're in. The Holy Spirit can dig you out of the pit. Jesus went to the lowest place to take you to the highest place. Jesus went into the depths of the earth, the heart of the earth. Jesus went into hell itself. Jesus went to the bottom. I mean, he went to the bottom. Scripture says he drank the dregs of the cup. In other words, he took it all. He suffered to the uttermost. He went to the uttermost. He went to the farthest point that anyone could ever go. And he, by his amazing grace, has lifted your soul. Hallelujah. Out of hell, out of darkness, out of the devil's control. And Jesus Christ is Lord over your life. And you are a righteous child of God. And you're not to be under shame and guilt. E.W. Kenyon said, righteousness gives you the ability to stand in the presence of God without a sense of sin, guilt, condemnation, or inferiority. What What did... E.W. Kenyon, say again. I'll I'll tell you. I know you were asking. He said, righteousness gives you the ability to stand. Ability to stand. Ability to what? Stand. Not. Do you understand the word stand? Stand. That means you're confident. Ability to stand in the presence of God. Without a sense of sin, 
guilt, condemnation, or inferiority complex. You're not less than. You are more than. Hallelujah. You're not less than. You are more than. You are more than a conqueror. Much more they which receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Dad Hagen was having a vision of Jesus. He was literally standing in front of Jesus. And he knelt down and he put his face and his hands on Jesus' feet. Thinking that's the right thing to do. Most people would. Jesus, this is Jesus. This is the risen Christ. Who has a body, a glorified body. He still does. And he had a vision of him. And when he's down on his knees like that, his face, Jesus said, stand up. Because he's, he's saying, I'm so unworthy. And Jesus said, stand up, sternly. He said, I have made you worthy. And I'm simply saying to you and to myself, stand up, stand up, Jesus. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the blood of Jesus. The only answer, the one and only way, He has made you worthy by the blood of Jesus Christ.